Warning, the Grow Your Salon Fast Show contains content that may offend. The hosts don't care. If you want to grow your salon fast, keep listening and find out more at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. But for now, here's your hosts, Vagar Svanberg and Kat Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with me, Kat Smith, and with me, of course, is the Norwegian Vegard Svanberg. Hello, Vegard. Hello, Kat, I was going to ask you how you are, and then I remember an email you sent, and then I figured that since I'm Norwegian, and as you know, we don't ask each other how we are because we tell each other the truth, so I figured I'm not going to ask you how you are. Okay, don't ask me. Today? Or should I? I'm much better, better? actually, yes. Um, And what you're alluding to is uh, I've been very, very, very ill for the last week. And also, and we'll probably be a little bit ill for the next couple of months, apparently, because that's how it works. But um, recapping on the last time I spoke, I was just about to get on a plane for the longest flight in the world. And uh, I did that last week. And not only was it the longest flight in the world time-wise, it was the longest flight in the world mentally and physically because uh, the day before we left Doha, the giant sand pit, Helena, the mini QBV, myself, and Mr. QBV all ate something that had salmonella in it. And do, 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 do. lucky old me and poor little mini QBV, she, um, we started developing symptoms of salmonella poisoning four hours into the 16-hour flight. And I don't know if you've ever heard of a thing called the Vomit Comet. And that's when they send up space astronauts <laughs> into a, what, a G-force machine and it spins them around and they end up getting rid of everything in their gut as they spin. That's pretty much what happened to us. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And I, I don't know if you've ever suffered from salmonella poisoning, but it's not just the vomiting and the diarrhea, but it's also you get a, a wicked temperature. And I had a temperature of nearly 40 degrees Celsius. And I got the shivers, and I got sore skin, and I was all dried out, and I got headaches, uh, and so did the mini, and it was just miserable, absolutely fucking miserable, uh, and we could not wait for the flight to end, and when the flight did end, we were greeted by uh, medics, actually very nice looking firemen came to the plane for us, so I was quite happy about <laughs> that, but we were still quite sick, and they offered us a free ambulance transfer to the hospital. Um, and that's Ooh. how ill we were. Yeah. Wow. And um, that that must have been. Yeah. I mean, you said it was physically and mentally the longest flight, but I can't. I don't think I can fully grasp how bad that must have been. I mean, just the idea of occupying the loose. What what happened really? Did they did they close one loo off and reserve it for you, they or didn't. how did that and, happen like, on the plane? Yeah, how was and, that? And, and fair enough that they couldn't. We were there were two toilets at the front and two at the back, but. Of, uh, we were in business classes and it wasn't as many people which was great but um, the crew were fantastic I can't fault anything they did they were absolutely amazing uh, and we used up quite a few sick bags and unfortunately you know it doesn't just always go in a sick bag does it it goes everywhere so uh, the other good thing about the airline was that they gave us these little sleeper suits to sleep in when we boarded the plane because it was nighttime. So we had these little grey sleeper suits on 
and we had to recycle them quite a few times. So we got a number of pairs of sleeper suits. <laughs> yeah, it all went very, 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 very pear-shaped. And I do really feel really sorry for the guy who was next to us, who was an utter wanker anyway. He'd pushed in line to get onto the, the plane in front of us, and he was just nasty and horrible. He acted like a toddler. And, you know, he'd probably paid a lot of money to sit there and have his lovely service <laughs> next to two girls who were puking their guts out creating smells in the cabin. I can imagine he complained. Uh, I don't know, but he was first off the plane. He was just pushed past us, and I just thought, you're just a wanker. But there were some really lovely people. I'm normally a nice person, but I think under those circumstances, I would have pushed off the plane first. Yeah, and I get that. And it, and it, perhaps they could have offered him another seat somewhere else. I'm not sure how busy it was. But, uh, yeah, that's, it's just, that's life, life in the fast lane. But, you know, I had the 16-hour flight, yeah, and I thought, great, all these movies I could catch up on, lovely food, you know, it's food on demand. You just order whatever you want, whenever you want it. And uh, I watched exactly 30 minutes of one movie. And I didn't eat anything because I'd uh, sicked most of it up. But also when I did ask for something, uh, mini QBV sicked it up on my food. So <laughs> that had to be taken away as well. So, wow. I'm yeah. stunned. And then my parents came collected us from the hotel after we managed to get to the hotel. In the end, we were wheelchaired off and as you do through the whole terminal and taken <laughs> right to the hotel. And I spent... Um, Nearly a week in bed uh, with two visits to the doctor's clinic here, and I was ended up on a drip because I was so dehydrated with all the yeah the wow. loss of fluid. So I'd highly recommend not getting on a flight before you when you've got some other poisoning. And it's a pity we didn't know beforehand because we would have just just postponed. But yeah, who knew? Who knew? We didn't. You knew. Yeah. Timing was Timing perfect. Was that amazing. was the desert's goodbye present. It was. Wasn't it was it? A, a goodbye gift from Doha. Let's leave Doha. Let's give you something to remember us by, and we certainly will. Yeah. You ate some old chicken, didn't you? Know you know what I think it was? Some remains we to... that you just had to eat. To... <laughs> no. We went to – there was a little cafe in the mall that we used to go to quite often, which was opposite the – the supermarket we used to go to and it was always full of local people so in their thobes and their buyers all very beautiful and there was always a um a, a waiting list so it was always a queue of people waiting to get into this cafe so we thought this cafe must be amazing um and miss oh there's there's, there's a yeah. lesson <laughs> and mr qbv <laughs> and i said to each other the day we leave the giant sandpit we'll that'll be the last place we go to we'll save it for the last day it'll be our goodbye thing oh right um, and we did we we saved it and uh we went that was the last thing we did before we got on the plane um but it's it was just all sugar and goodness knows what else but we all had a sip of mini qbv's milkshake it wasn't really a milkshake it was made of fermented yogurt and god knows what else no. so we suspect right and it was bright blue and pink and god knows what else we suspect it came from there um and then when we found yeah. out later also that wow. this particular cafe wasn't popular just for its food, or not even for its food, it's actually a pickup joint. So all the locals would go there to meet the other locals. Uh oh. Because just go around to each other's houses. So the girls would sit at one table and the boys oh, would sit at the Oh, there are so many table. lessons here. Yeah, so there I was on a Tinder date. <laughs> My husband getting poisoned. Wow. Anyway, on that's the plus about side. Me. On the plus side, you must have. On the plus side, you must have lost a lot of weight. 
I've lost over two kilograms. Wow, two kilograms. Yeah. Which, and, which uh, kind of hoping to keep yeah. that off. Hoping to keep that off. Yeah, which kind of brings me over to what's happened in my life since last time. Oh, yeah, what's happening? Yours can't be as dramatic, surely. No, it can't be as dramatic. Can't even. No. But uh, as you know, I'm on a diet, as I always am. Um, <laughs> and the other day, I discovered that cardio is a myth. What? Cardio is a myth. What's why is cardio a myth? What, cardio is a what, myth. What are you talking about? No, I've had a nagging suspicion for a while. You see, I've been probably working out, I don't know, at least an hour a day. Uh, you know, okay. cycling, jogging, walking, stuff like that. But I haven't really lost the weight in the pace that, you know, with all those calories, I should have lost weight much, much sooner. So, so you're my, not taking in as many calories? My personal trainer has told me for a long while that cardio doesn't work that way you can't compensate your 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 you can't compensate by eating more you 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 don't burn off nearly as much as the you know the uh, the training absence and such things say so so but it took it took a book called the great uh, cardio myth by craig ballantyne to really get into grokke and since that i freed up so much time and so much energy you can't even i mean i just i haven't stopped working out because i still go to the gym i i I do a lot of strength training but i've really i've stopped doing cardio and replaced it with just more high interval sessions oh so it's still kind of cardio but it's just it's less and it's more intense burst more intense more intense you don't burn as much in the session itself but on the upside uh, I, I struggle with, you know, lots of cardio gives me cravings. My appetite, you know, <laughs> increases a lot. And I've also been injured, especially from the jogging. So now I'm injury-free. Oh. I don't have a huge appetite anymore. And I'm losing weight like I've never lost weight before when when dieting. I mean, I'm not an extreme dieter. I'm just trying to get in shape here. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's life-changing. So... Now I just wow. do cardio for, you know, I can get on my bike and just go out for a trip just to, because I want to, to, to uh, cycle. It. Yeah, I don't do it for the training. I do it because I enjoy it and it's, it's totally changed my life. So that book, that was actually this week's recommendation, The Great Cardio Myth by Craig Ballantyne. It's, it's amazing. It's really good. And it's all backed by science, Ooh. by the way, because what it says is that if cardio worked, if aerobics worked, then we wouldn't have this you know, problem we have in the world today with so many obese people, because actually many of the obese people, they do work out a lot. But the problem is that cardio, it's catabolic, you lose muscle mass, you you, you get your appetite increase, and there are lots of effects from cardio that do not benefit or do not um, uh, help uh, or aid weight loss. So, oh, yeah, weight loss. pretty so, interesting, so, actually. So what, what changed for you when you've been told this over and again, and what what moved for you in terms of your belief system? I'm I'm not sure why I haven't picked it up before. Uh, picked it up this up before. I think I've been obsessed with with the calories in and calories out equation. So you look at that mm-hmm. and you think, okay, I'll burn off so much so I can eat this eat this much, but that's not how it works. And I think I've been anxious to let that go because I believe that that is how it works because that's simple maths you know it's science it's that's the way it is and that's the way it is i mean you to lose weight you have to eat less than you 
than you consume. Okay. Yeah, that's that's just how it is. But then it's the way you do it. So what changes really? Phil, my personal trainer, he said it for for a long time. I've heard this before. I really knew it, but I didn't believe it. So what changed, I think, was that when I read that book and I suddenly start started seeing all the signs behind there, why it's like that, and uh, you know that um, writer he could show that um, people have been working out for years without losing anything. On average, I think that he did, he looked at a group that had been training lots of cardio for a year and they've lost what one and a half kilos or so and then you go there and you spend all that time training and i started thinking that okay so i spent all this time training and this is time i could have spent with my kids i could have spent working on my business i could have spent doing other things and then i can do short bursts bursts of training for health that is just as just as efficient and effective more effective and just as efficient, but I could just save all this time and get injury free. I think that's what tipped it for me. And since I've I've had stellar results, I've had so much more energy to to use in my business and and uh, and personally with the kids, and it's been a revolution to me actually. Oh my god! The new oh my god! Start. Yes, yeah. well, we this is one of those life changing moments for me actually. What? <laughs> We want before and after pics or it never happened. I am taking photos later today because I check in with my personal trainer every, I check in every week and I send photos yeah. and measurements every two weeks just to keep progress. So, yeah. Perversion. What does he do with the photos? Mm, I'm thinking, I think he's selling, selling them on the black market probably. <laughs> <laughs> to people who want to vomit. Oh, yeah. that's me. <laughs> Cool. So, oh, but cool. I have a sneaking suspicion why you asked that. It has to do with today's topic. You're listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Remember to sign up for the podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. Yeah, a little bit. It's, it's a, I've recently had a lot of people, um, and it's come up a lot, and I don't know if it's just the recency effect that I'm... Um, bringing this up and uh, it's something that I've been uh, seeing a lot and it's around pricing Um, because I know people get very upset when it comes to pricing their services and products because they don't want to be feeling like they're ripping people off Uh, but they also want to be making sure that they are making sure that their business is viable and that the prices are uh, high enough to work but then they get they get the tied into this belief that um, the customers are price conscious and I've had a number of people lately saying oh all the people around here are really cost conscious they won't want to pay that kind of money Um, they they won't always want the cheapest deal they always they'll never pay beyond 30 pounds for a haircut or 40 dollars for a haircut they won't do that they're price conscious and when I have challenged them on it, um, it becomes quite clear that it's not the customer that's determining that price. It's actually the salon owner. Um, and it's usually to do with things around what we call self-limiting beliefs. Now, it sounds a bit woo. And a that bit, sounds you know, a bit woo-woo. Yeah, it does sound a bit My woo-woo. My woo-woo alarm that, just tripped. Yeah. But actually, when you think about it, all your beliefs around money come from when you were growing up. For example, and what your parents thought about money and said about money. And if they were always 
you know, talking about how they couldn't afford to buy new things for you or they couldn't afford this or the cost of, you know, electricity is really high and, you know, that becomes your beliefs because you don't have any other reference to gauge against. You you set your mark at what your parents have described to you. And often, more often than not, no one really tells you things at school uh, or teaches you what life is like at school when you actually uh, leave school, you don't come out with a set of skills about budgeting and money and how it works and and how it flows. Um, you just don't know. So you, you go into the world with this belief system and then all of a sudden it's thrown at you that um, you need to price something and then you believe that everybody else thinks the same as you because that's all you know um, and you don't know that there's other people out there who have very different beliefs around money and believe that it can flow very quickly um, and from different places and can be leveraged and until you study it you don't know that so you're in a position of not knowing what you don't know um, but then you start putting your beliefs on to your customers which needs to stop does that make sense uh, yeah it makes sense and I, I recognize this from from myself I mean for many years when I started out in business and probably even before I started out in business, I'm, I'm, I'm a kind person. I like giving. I like being kind to people. I like helping people out. But what I've, but so, so what I did early years, I, I you know, I, I gave, I didn't give things away, but I priced it where I thought, you know, it, it I, I didn't want people, I didn't want to squeeze people. I wanted to, uh, wanted it to be easy to buy that it was you know affordable that my price didn't upset them that kind of kind of thing but yeah, then they, they weren't offended by it yeah, well yeah maybe and then i just wanted to help i wanted to make it easy for them to buy that it shouldn't be you, you know a tough yes. investment i just wanted it to be you know good and help them and, and the rest of it but then i discovered that and so was it helping you i didn't think think about me you know but I started thinking about me when I started looking at the numbers and figuring that the numbers didn't add up. And that was when I discovered that, you know, I can't, I, I can't just be kind to everyone because if I want to help people, I, I don't have to, I don't have to squeeze people. But if I'm going to be in a situation where I can help people or add value to what I do, I have to get some value from it as, from it as well. So you have to be viable at the same time. So you have to be having yeah. business. And if you yeah. are pricing at the wrong price and you are losing money or self-inflicting yeah. wound yourself with you know, exactly. hunting, then you know, you're not going to be in business for long. So you're not going to be helping anyone. Exactly. And I think that's that's really important. Yeah. And yeah. since I've, I've, I've changed that attitude i'm still a kind guy i'm still a nice guy but i i, I have to charge i charge what i need to charge and i charge what i want to charge and and it's not well yes i guess you could say ultimately it's because you're selfish we would quote unquote but then again it's about them as well because if i don't get anything from it they won't either and the more i get the more i will provide to them the more value i'll give them and uh, they will actually earn from it and i will earn from it so so, I mean, if you don't do that, you're actually robbing your clients of, of value, yeah. actually. That's, that's how serious it is. That's what we is. call a win-win situation. I've got actually a really good example because I've, since coming to New Zealand, the way people think about things here is quite different from the giant sample. Oh, sorry, just involved. to hold you there for a second. I can imagine that New Zealand culture is more like Norwegian culture, actually, than, 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 than Doha and all 
of course you club seals to just hiding it. No, you're down there on that <laughs> island in the middle of fucking it's nowhere. Nice of course you're doing club, bad club music. Yeah. So what are you doing? It's, then? it's, it's very similar. It is very similar, yeah. I think. It's very similar to a Scandinavian country. I think just because it's quite isolated as well and we do yeah. things our own way. We've had to do things our own way for generations. But um, the thing around money is, is, is interesting because uh, for, it, it was a really good example. When I was very ill and I'd been... Um, first to the, the doctor here um, and I went to the pharmacy to collect the prescription um, and there was a whole lot of stuff that she she gave me and here in New Zealand you pay to see the doctor so it's not a free service you pay a very nominal fee of $18 wow it's about six pounds um, nine pounds and uh, to be frank I would have paid a hundred times more than that to have instant treatment and be cured of what I had but um, anyway, the pharmacy, you pay a small amount of fee as well for the uh, prescriptions. And most majority of them are subsidized by the government. But I went and handed the prescription over and she gave me a whole lot of stuff. And she said to me, well, I've given you this uh, rehydration fluid, but I've given you, and the doctor has prescribed you the black current one, but that's not subsidized. So I've changed it to the orange one, which is subsidized. And immediately I felt quite offended that she was saying that I couldn't afford the black current one, which I probably would have preferred over the orange shirt that she gave me. And I felt quite offended that she'd made that assumption before even asking me, if I could afford it, or that's what I wanted to pay, or did I would I prefer the black current over orange? She just made that choice for me. So I didn't get a choice. She made the choice for me. And I think that is where people fall down, where her self-limiting beliefs are, is, or oh, she won't want to pay for something that's not subsidized. That would be ripping her off. Yeah. When in fact, she didn't give me the option. And unless you're giving your clients the option and saying to them, would you prefer this or this, then you don't have... It's, it's pure arrogance, really, to decide for them what they can afford and what they can't afford. Yeah, I think it in is that bordering on nothing. Yeah, you, you're right. I think in those circumstances, is about um, is about the government actually buying lots of medication, so they want people to use the uh, cheaper ones, so they can use that as leverage in the negotiations, which, which is kind of interesting yeah, I mean, because it propagates possible. all the way. So they, they tell the doctors that yeah. you should give people the cheapest one. Uh, yeah. Basically, but, but the yes, the concept is the same. The most expensive one. So, I mean, yeah. and yeah. Unless, and unless she had said anything, I wouldn't have known. But yeah. there was just the way she said it. It was like, yes, well, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. For the, the yeah. big thing. Um, and in fact, I really want to turn around, even though I was way too sick to argue and I was bent over double one pain yeah. was just to say give me the black i don't want the fucking orange yeah one. I, I can imagine i can imagine <laughs> that's gonna taste better what's wrong with the black carrot one yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> now now i want it because i can't have it <laughs> you've been prejudicial towards me <laughs> is it because i'm orange yeah so yeah, yeah and, and it stops you from from making money it stops you from being yeah. a profit and it stops you from like you say providing a good service to your customers yes, exactly. because all of a sudden you're not viable so you're you're scrabbling around to try and find money yeah. rather than servicing the clients and giving them the best experience yes so yeah it's a self-fulfilling prophecy if you do something good for your clients and they like it and it's good for them they'll come back and they'll be good to you so maybe you just need to step back and have a look and, and think about your thoughts around money and how it works and what your real 
true beliefs are around money. I, I have another. Business, yeah. Most people in business think are quite entrepreneurial. They'll think, yes, I can make money. I'm, I'm going into business. It's something that I can do. I want to be independent. I want to, to be uh, successful. But they actually don't stop and think about what that means and how that works what that looks like for them. I think that one of the probably smartest things I did was that I joined a business mentoring group by, by a mentor we have in, in common. I think that was yep. one of the smartest things I did because before I joined that, I felt a bit alone. I had many of the right ideas, but I was not afraid, but I was reluctant to you know, put them out in practice because I wasn't sure if what I thought was right and would work. So that gave me, you know, the confidence to do all that. And I think for our listeners, uh, I'm actually going to plug you because you have the same kind of mentoring group. And one of the things you can do if you think this is hard or you're unsure what your pricing should be and stuff like that is to talk to others and listen what they've done and what you could could um, you could get that from actually someone like you i mean your group with the house of qbv where people talk and discuss all these things and give each other kind of confidence and give each other permission to try out try out new things i think it's really valuable have valuable having people around you who've been through this and and um uh, have experienced what what the difference is i mean you have one client in particular who's getting stellar results and what he's done basically is just doing everything you told him and, and, yeah, and, and, and yeah. it's that simple. And you know, he had some wobbles, and he decided, you know, he, he was a bit worried about what people would say or how people would react and if he'd lose his business. But he fair play to him. He grew some balls and he got off and did it. And he's his results are beyond all expectations, quite frankly, yeah. even beyond yeah. my expectations. So he's yeah. done amazing. And, you know, and I've got a new member on here, and he's doing everything too. I mean, he's still, he's uh, sort of going back and saying, yes, but this is what's happened in the past. And I said, well, maybe you need to look at doing this way in the future. Um, and he's implementing and he's getting stellar results as well. So it's not just one. Um, you know, my previous business partner, he's putting stuff on. He's bought a new salon. So, you know, second salon is fantastic. Um, there's, there's results going on all over the group. And like you say, uh, people are there to bounce ideas off. And if you're having a particular worry or a wobble, um, it's quite simple just to talk to someone who is in a similar situation but also has a very similar mindset and that you want to be successful, you just need to know the how um, and to have that kind of cocoon around you just in case something goes wrong, you know, what can I do about it? Um, yeah. And I think that all, that's all it takes to make that first plunge. Into doing by the way, by the way, Kat, if someone wants to join that group, what, what, how do they do that? Um, you can email me at cat at growyourcellonfast.com and I'll send you out the link. So that would be the easiest way. So that's kat at growyourcellonfast.com. Ah, excellent. My own, I've talked about my own uh, hairdresser a few times and actually he's, um, I've actually made him increase his prices now. He's actually doing it. Oh, and what he, happened? Well, yeah. No, he's been reluctant for a long while because he's been, you know, having the same mindset that he shouldn't rip people off. But I've said that, look, you're charging this level for those customers and you're charging that other level for the other customers. Couldn't you just start with getting your lower price level closer to your highest price level just to even things out? That would be really simple because you could tell those customers that you, you know, that you, uh, it, well, it's easy to tell them why. 
so you could just start by increasing that by ten percent by just seeing what happened. And the other day, I walked past his salon, and he he saw me through the um, window, and he ran outside, and he said, "I've increased my prices. I'm increasing them today." <laughs> So that was and what, really... what's happened? Has the place no, fallen I down? Has he lost I haven't clients? talked to him. No, I haven't talked to him since because that was a week ago. No. I haven't seen him, but I will we'll talk to oh, him next week. We want an update on the work. next one. Yeah, yeah, you will. Right, Kat, another thing people could do is that they could go to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show.com if they want to send us a message or something because sometimes we... Yes answer people's questions on the podcast so if you have a question to us you could go there or you should go to anyway whatever you do you should go to itunes and give us a rating yes because we've we've had um, a couple on there and there's one that's actually quite funny uh from tim yeah this i'm actually gonna people are, I'm, I'm gonna give people that in the next episode actually okay cool um yeah. well Anyway, a bit of a teaser, go and read, read Tim's review because it is very entertaining. Uh, a little bit scary, but very entertaining at the same time. Next week, you're going to ditch me, aren't you? I might, I might not, or maybe the week after that, we'll see. Okay, so I'm on tenterhooks because it um, looks like we're getting a divorce. <laughs> it's going to go no. off to some other one, some other, someone else and chat to them. Which I guess is fair enough because, you know, I've done it as You well. did it first, so it's my turn. I did it first, yeah. And I'm so going to do it with a, a bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> right, see you on the next show. Cool. You've been listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Share and sign up for your podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com.